Welcome back to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Bethea Jones, and I am your host. Today, we're going to have another interesting candid conversation about the women of the Bible who made boss moves. Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry have started their brand new season. And this is a brand new season in which we are going to dive deep into the women of the Bible. This is not a beginner's course. This is a course for those who want to critically think about subjects in the Bible that have been somewhat controversial. We're not talking on a scholarly level. I am candidly talking to individuals about their beliefs, about what they think about the women who I have chosen to be the subject of conversation. Again, this is a conversation about brave women of the Bible who made boss moves. So what is a boss move? Well, a boss move is something that happens when you initiate something that has caused a rippling effect or a change. And I believe that these women have done just that. So stay tuned as we begin this very candid conversation with my guests. But before I do that, I want my guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about us. I'm going to start with you, Ginger, because I have not had the pleasure of having a podcast with you. So since you are gracing me with your presence, please tell us about yourself. Okay. I am first and foremost, a child of God, uh, one who retired a little over a year ago. I've been spending my time, uh, working toward getting certified as a mindful instructor. I've been spending time in Bible study, something I just waited till retirement to be able to do during the morning. So that's been absolutely wonderful. Spending time with my niece, little niece and two nephews, um, more time with my husband. I have a child um, here on earth, Jake. He's 27 and got engaged a few months ago to his beautiful Rebecca. Interesting name. It's spelled differently than the one we're going to discuss. And um, my Michael uh, is in heaven and would be 30 in December. So what else would you like to know? Well, that was a whole lot. And we'll get to know a little bit more about you as we um start our conversation. So I want to say welcome to the show. And Crystal Cornelio, I want to say welcome back to you because I had you here not that long ago and we had a very interesting conversation with you. So I think my audience will recognize your voice. So tell us a little bit more about you. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Thank you, uh, Dr. Jones, for having me back here again. Uh, I am privileged to be in your presence as well as Ginger. And I am a history teacher. I just got promoted to lead teacher. Um, I also coach girls volleyball, basketball, and softball. And my team actually just came in second place at the Bergen County Tournament 
uh, for freshmen. So Congratulations. Um, happy about that. Thank you. I am a sister. I am a friend and I am most recently a girlfriend. And I am very happy to be here uh, to discuss women make, uh, making boss moves because I consider myself to be a woman who makes boss moves every day. All right now. Okay. Well, thank okay. you, Crystal. And congratulations to you, girl. Thank congratulations. You. Um, yes, I'm glad you said that because I consider myself a woman who has made many boss moves and I will probably make a lot more because, uh, you know, sometimes we have to do that. But let's jump right into our first woman of the Bible. And it, our first woman of the Bible is the first woman of the Bible, Eve. <laughs> it's so funny. When I, whenever I have a conversation about Eve, I tell you, that conversation can go so many ways. So many ways. There are so many conversations and so many opinions and so many uh, characteristics of, of um our first mother Eve. So let's let's start right there. What do you know about Eve? Um, as you've read the Bible, everybody knows the story. Even if you did not read the Bible, you know the story of Adam and Eve. So just right off the bat, what do you think about Eve and her story? And even Adam, we can talk about him too because he's part of her story. So what do you think about the story? Either one of you can jump right in. This is a friendly conversation and there's no formalities. We're just having canned conversation. Um, so, okay. Um, so I grew up in Catholic school. Um, and, you know, uh, Caroline, me and you have, have had this, we had a whole conversation about this in the summer, actually. And pretty much all that I remember is that um, obviously, like Adam and Eve uh, were in the garden and, you know, um, she took a bite from the apple and, you know, it is their fault that we have, um, you know, original sin. Um, and, and that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much what I remember. Um, so, yeah, everything was great um, in the garden, um, but they fell to temptation. And because of that, we have to pay for their sins. That's fair, Ginger. Yeah. Um, yes, we have we have our notions, of course, from our upbringing of of uh, who Eve was, who Adam and Eve was, and I'll tell you that so much of the art that we look at um, or we read about does not put Eve in the best light. I'd all be familiar with the picture of her eating the apple. We're not sure what the fruit was but it automatically um, makes her look like the guilty one, that she's the reason behind um, th that you said the sin and the pain of childbirth and um, a lot of other things in the world. So when I was reading a little bit about her, because there's so little written about her, or excuse me, there's so little about her in the Bible, she's just there briefly in, in Genesis, it's difficult to get a read on um, who she is and, and um, what people thought of her. But I do have mixed, mixed feelings regarding Eve. And especially as we talked about your title, these boss women. So I will go further with that whenever you're ready. Oh, we're, we're ready whenever. Uh, we're just going to flow. 
But um, uh, I agree with you, Ginger. I have I have mixed feelings about the story of Eve. And for me, every time I read that story, it almost seems like I uncover something else. I wanted to concentrate on her character a little bit and try to work my way backwards as to what type of, of person she could have been. We see Eve as being a grown woman. We see Eve as being, being a grown woman who had grown well, women experiences. But in actuality, I see Eve lately since studying this, um, I don't see her as a grown woman. She may have been fully grown as far as how the Bible depicted her as being created, but I don't see Eve as being fully grown. How could she be? She had no experiences. And you mentioned earlier, Ginger, that we understand that story based upon our experiences and what we've been taught and, and how we've, we've, you know, um, how we have understood um, the writings of the Bible. So when I think about Eve and I think about her character, I think about a child, actually. Mm. I think about... Um, now that I'm a grandmother again to a, a little girl, I, I, I think about her in the terms of the same way I see my little Naomi, uh, curious and trying to figure things out as everything is new to her, right? What does she know? So if we start there and we start thinking about who she could have been based upon details that may not have been presented in the Bible, but now we ourselves are using our own um, critical thinking to think about how things could have been. As a history teacher, Crystal, mm -hmm. you know location, um, situations have a, a great um, impact on what's going on in, in the moment. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's, let's talk about the idea of, of her character as not maybe being... Um, as fully developed as we might want to believe it was. And then if you believe it was, let's talk about why. Well, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Or do you, did you want to speak? No, you go. Hey, I mean, I don't see her as um, anything but a being that God created from the rib of Adam. So she did not have any experience. She was just extremely naive, obviously, um, she was, because he gave them free will, was uh, given into temptation. She was like little children, as you can say, although we still are uh, disobedient to our God, she was disobedient, you know? And so um, when, we, when we look at, they say, behind every successful man is a woman pushing, pushing him along, right? Um, Supposedly, we don't have, unless I, I misunderstand, information about what, what, um, what, where, excuse me, Adam was when God instructed Eve not to eat from the tree of, of um, knowledge. What's the name of the tree? The tree of? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. Thank you. So I don't know that he was present, but I do know that she tried it first and said, here, you try it too. So um, that could have been uh, used for good or for, for evil that she did that. Mm. Obviously, she was beguiled 
And, and I think the Bible even says, and the Lord said unto the woman, do I have it? Yes. yes. What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. So that could be a young person, naive young person, or that can be any one of the three of us here who sin every day and are tempted. My goodness, there's so much more, I would think, to um, bring in temptation today than uh, there would be have been then. She had some cool things going on in the garden, I guess. But when we look at the things we are up against today, and I think of the young kids, you know, whether it's the media or music or television they're watching, or I watched something today about little children being present during uh, transgender dancing and whatever it is, there's so much out there to lure us in. And Satan was very good at, at doing that. So I'm, I'm forgiving her. I don't necessarily see her as this big guns kind of woman. I think she's, um, well, what the, the word Eve means what in Hebrew, life or living. So she's the mother of all living things. So she's the one, as you said, that came about first. And I think she's also the one to hear the first promise of Christ. So she doesn't, doesn't listen. Right. So, um, I just think she's like you and me. Um, what, what big girl things she's done. I'd love to, to discuss that. Okay. Um, Crystal, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, my perspective is like, I don't necessarily, I know you're challenging us to think here. Yeah, I do but, want um, you to think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, like, would I categorize her as like a woman making boss moves? Like, not necessarily. Um, you know, again, my only knowledge of Eve is obviously in like the same that um, Ginger brought up, right? That she was made from the rib of a man and she lived with Adam in the garden and everything was great until. Uh, she faced temptation. Um, and so for me, like, I feel like that narrative was kind of used to, um, and, and I'm speaking from someone who grew up in the Catholic faith, uh, and, and this isn't, you know, an at anybody who's Catholic, but um, my understanding of that story was used to kind of, you know, again, like, one, you know, explain why we do certain things right in the Catholic faith, like, you know, we get baptized to wash away original sin. Um, and, and also, um, you know, to Ginger's point about like facing temptation, right? And that like, we should do, you know, follow the Ten Commandments and do these things, because when we fall victim to temptation, then we are, you know, going against God. Um, and so that is what that story, like, you know, signifies for me. Um, and so now you're kind of making me, you know, one, like, I don't know, I'd love to hear your own thoughts about like, if, if you do view her as like a, a boss woman, like why, you know? Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but you no, know, no, I know, I know. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, actually, um, that was great. Um, both of you and it, you kind of, um, brought something else, um, up. um, it kind of sounds like in the beginning, even before Ginger started to speak, you may have thought of the story as being allegorical. As yeah. Being allegorical. Okay. And, and no, that's interesting because I too see the story as allegorical, but 
even an allegorical story is trying to tell us something. And Ginger um, said something and you repeated what she said about a story that teaches us about temptation, about mm-hmm. teaching us about disobedience. Yes. One of the things that we can agree on, I think, that we take from this story is the lesson in temptations. How we, even today, find ourselves in situations where we are tempted every day. Every day. Every single day. And it also, Ginger mentioned uh, free will. So it also um, speaks about our making a choice. Um, We have free will. We can choose life or we can choose death. We could choose whatever we want to choose because that is the, in, in my view of what I see, that is the gift that we were given, free will. Free will means that we make a choice. And and with that said, I feel as though until they actually made a choice, they wasn't actually living. You follow what I'm saying? If someone is telling you what to do and you're doing what someone tells you to do, you have not made a choice. You are simply being obedient, some people will say, or you're just simply being what that person wants you to be. So when I look at a story that begins with, we have free will, and then you are placed in this story situation where you're, you're given a choice to either, in this case, obey or disobey. That's the choice you have to make. You could have chosen to obey, and like Ginger said, you can live blissfully ever after. You follow what I'm saying? But let's talk a little bit more about the idea of why there needed to be that type of choice in the first place. Well, I I think that, first of all, when looking at the actually three stories for five, six, seven women, um, and I went into it as I've been doing with Bible study in with the idea that I need to learn something from these women, because that's why God put these stories or allowed these stories to uh, be written. So for me, I think of, and I can go back to the same thing when we talk about Rebecca, I think of the words trust and faith and she trusting in God because God does not lie. And so she chose to believe what this conniving, this serpent did and went the wrong way. So I don't look at her it as not living. She had everything she wanted there. He said, do not, he gave, he gave Adam a mate. They had each other. They had everything they needed. He said, just don't go to one place. Now she should have trusted him. She didn't trust him. I don't think she wasn't living a life, a big life. So, okay. So I get your perspective, Mm -hmm. but I also, uh, Caroline, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You're trying to say that you view Eve as making a boss move because she chose to disobey God and and take the fruit. And then that was her like free will. Like she did that. And then that began like life. Is that what you're saying? No, not exactly. But something in that same, I'm not saying that she made, that the boss move she made was disobeying God. I don't think she even thought about it that um, closely. The boss move that I think she made was making a choice for herself. Um, Being able to hear both sides of a story and then making a choice. Um, When I made the comparison, I was talking about 
um, it's, it's easy for somebody to be told what to do and then they do it. There has to be some kind of reasoning that takes place when you're hearing two sides of a story and then you are making a choice based upon that side. That's all I'm saying. Okay, the, no, I, I just wanted to clarify no, that. No, 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 yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. The reason why I, I, I uh, put her even in the category is making a boss move because I was looking at it as this is a woman who literally listened to reason and argued her point because she argued her point. Uh, you can clearly see in the, in the scriptures where she repeats what her husband has said to her um, that God has said. And, and Ginger, to your point, it was Adam who got the instructions from God. It was Adam who relayed those instructions to Eve. It was also Adam who added his own little uh, extra line in there too when he said, do not even touch the tree. Scripture does not say that God said, do not touch the tree. He said, do not eat from the tree. So the, the point that I, why is that important? Because it just seems like everyone is adding their own something to the story. And the idea that Eve got the story from Adam and then heard another story from the snake and then decided to make her decision based upon both of the stories. That is where I see she made the boss move because sometimes we really, and I'm talking about the lesson that we get for today. We have to sometimes make decisions based upon getting both sides of a story. We can be wrong. This is not a question as to whether or not she was wrong or right, whether or not she disobeyed God or did not disobey God. This is a question about what she did in order to, to um, figure out life for herself. You understand what I'm saying? That's the point that I'm making and why I admire her. But that's my point. It has nothing to do with, with your point, Crystal, or Ginger's point. We have three, we are three women here with three points of view, right? So well, I'm yeah, from my point of view. Well, I, God created Eve out of Adam's rib so that he would have a mate, so that he would not be alone, right? So she was created. And we can go into a whole topic about role of women, right? Especially when we talk about Rebecca and the and the daughters of Jalopahad. Jalopahad, is it? Yeah, um, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay, so so she was created as his helper. So not only should she have been obedient to God, but she really had to be obedient to her husband as well. But because the serpent came in, I don't know. This is just my idea. No, I'm just because listening to your opinion. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. because the serpent came in and tricked her into saying, no, God didn't, you know, what was it? I was just trying to find it in the Bible. I just went to it. God didn't say, you know, it, it's going to give you, it's going to give you, um, what, what the serpent basically said is it's going to give you the knowledge and it's going to give you the knowledge as God has that knowledge. So, I, I still see it as both of them. I am not putting the blame on the woman, but okay. both of them made poor decisions because once again, I, I would like to know what was there or look back in Genesis one, two, part of three. Um, what was her, what was their relationship with God 
before they chose to disobey him. Because I think about us today, and I am, I am a sinner every day, and there are things that I need to work on, and I have absolutely doing a study of 1 Peter and um, been convicted by, you know, all of this. God tells us clearly to be obedient. He tells us clearly that we will have to answer for him for what we do and do not do on this earth when he comes for us. So um, I don't know what she knew. I don't, I would like to know what she knew ahead of time and what her relationship was with him that she chose to um, go against his word and get herself and her husband in big trouble. I don't see it as a big boss move. That's me. Okay, well, the Bible doesn't actually um, tell very much about their story. So right. if you're looking at just a, a biblical standpoint, there's no real, from the, the Bible that you hold in your hand, there's no real, we do know that God walked in the, um, um, in the garden with them in the cool of the day. That seems to be a routine that was happening um, okay. during that time. So that, to your point, that could say that there was a relationship um, that God had with the two that he created. I, right? I mean, I'm just saying, from what we understand, I don't want to go outside of what your Bible says, because, you know, like you pointed out, I may have the privilege of having other information, but it does not help you when the only thing that you're looking at is your Bible. So um, from the Bible standpoint, it shows that God had a relationship with them because he walked with them Right. In the, in the cool of the cool of the day. Right. Um, scripture tells that um, when he went to look for them again after um, they had um, disobeyed, he walked in the, to find them and they hid from him. Mm -hmm. So we do know that there was a relationship. But we don't have any other um, information regarding the type. We don't even have any. Um, information regarding the type of relationship that Adam and Eve theirself had. Now, you mentioned that God created um, Eve to be a helper for Adam. Let's talk about that word helper. Mm. What, do you, what, does, <laughs> what does that word mean to you? What is a helper? Since you brought it up, Ginger, you opened up this oh. subject. So if Adam, Eve, Adam was, Eve was created from Adam to be his helper, what does that mean? And what do you consider um, the definition of the word helper? Well, in addition to helper, I believe that, that it says, and correct me if I'm wrong, that when God did that, took from Adam to create Eve, that the two became one. So they become one entity in that marriage. And in that marriage, God, um, and in all marriages, God wants uh, each husband and wife as he designated it to have certain roles and so um that whole part about where it is where is it again i always go back to um be submissive to your your husbands the bible says and and when i was a young girl like you crystal <laughs> i would be like a, a woman that was raised by five of uh, a mother you know my mother raised five girls there were no men in the house and we we're self-sufficient. And as you said, boss women, and no one's going to tell me 
you know, to be some subservient to a man or submissive as the word is um, used in the Bible. Um, can I stop you? Can, can I yeah. stop you right there so we can have sure. a more interesting conversation? Sure. Um, I would like to know from the Genesis story why you believed Eve was submissive to her husband. I don't think she was. I think that was the... Uh, no, but what I want to know why you saw what part of scripture did you read that made you think that there was a hierarchy in that moment that well, uh, Eve was... Well, yeah. to be submissive to her husband. Um, so Crystal, I'll ask you that subject, while, uh, that question while she's um, looking that up. At what point, was at any point, did you believe that Adam and Eve's story told a story of Eve being um, submissive or under um, Adam in any way? Um, I mean, I, I think, and again, I'm not gonna speak for Ginger, no, but I, I think- Speak for yourself, speak for you. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. speak for myself. Uh, I think the fact that God created um, Eve from you know his rib and then she lives with her, you know, they're together. I think she was created to be like his partner. Um, I don't see it as like she has to be submissive or like a helper, but I, I think it was more like, you know, she was created for him um, so that they could be together. Um, that's my understanding of it. Well, I'd like to, th this is what I'm learning in that Bible study I'm doing to look at the transliteration of words and such. And I do believe that the Bible says helper. They use the word helper, but I didn't, that, that might be the NIV, the new um, international version. It might be Bible gateway that I look at. Um, but I think that we'd have to look at that word and um, see what different definitions come up. I love the word that you use, Crystal. Um, what was it again? I was going to, I was the partner. Partner, yeah, companion. I think companion, but partner. And there are partners, but it still means that the man is the the head of that household, just the way God is the head of the church, because it's Ephesians is where it is. It says, but Ginger, um, yeah. Um, I I want to I want to interrupt just a little bit. Yeah. Because Ephesians is a long way away from Genesis. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and the the point that I always like to make when I'm talking to people is that um, situations happen because situations happen. So prior to, to Adam and Eve um, um, disobeying God and moving in a different direction, there was a specific plan for, for the two that was in the garden, right? So it's like when one thing happens, another thing happens, and then another thing happens, and another thing happens. But right now I'm talking about the original um, it's, it's my opinion, and this is not, this is just simply coming from my opinion that right. I don't believe that Adam and Eve were created with a hierarchy, that she well, was under him or he was over her. I think they were equal, period. Well, and God is working the together. There was no uh, above or below. I don't think there was when they were created. That's God is the I am, right? And that's that's the, the being verb, I am, he, I am. And so whatever God is, he always was. So from the beginning of time of creation, when he created the world, before he knew how it was going to end, he knew the beginning, the middle, and the end. So my understanding is that he already knew ahead of time that 
that he wanted them to have this type of relationship. There are a couple of things I don't understand. Like when, when you see the change of the eye for an eye was in um, the Old Testament and then the new, in the New Testament, you read turn the other cheek. So I don't, I certainly don't have it all figured out in any sense of the word. But when I put it all together in my understanding of who God is in the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he always knew. So I do believe that that was his plan all along. That's my opinion. No, no, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. Um, that's yeah. your opinion. I, I just, um, I don't want us to jump ahead into uh, New Testament stuff when we're still in Old Testament stuff, yeah. because the, what you're going to see when you start delving into New Testament stuff is you're going to see a lot of changes. Things right. that um, did not exist is existing now in this mm. form. So I don't think it existed. And 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 if we're going to jump into the old uh, New Testament, I'll jump into the New Testament and I'll and I'll say that Jesus told his disciples not to have a hierarchy. That there was not going to be that uh, hierarchy of systems like I'm above you, you're above me. That you know what I'm saying. So. If, if if we're going to look at Old Testament and New Testament, then we have to look at all the parts of New Testament that brings us back to where um, the Old Testament will be. I personally don't think it was designed that way because if the punishment was that now, because of what you have done, the desire is going to be with your husband, that is an indication that that never existed. It only existed after the fact. After the fall. After the fall of man, you're so saying. And that's right. why there was pain or more pain in childbirth and why they were going to have to suffer and we get old and we die. And you're saying that if, if they had listened to him in the first place, you're saying there would be no such thing in Ephesians that says that the woman be submissive to the, to the husband and the husband love your wife as God loves the church. You're saying that wouldn't have happened. Is that what you I'm mean? I'm saying there wouldn't have been no Ephesians. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I, love <it. laughs> I love it. I'm saying if that's the case, we would have never had an Ephesians. Yeah. You, you understand? <laughs> we have Ephesians because of the situation. All right. As things happen, things, you know, even the law itself, the law kept building and building and building. It's because of your transgressions that there's a law in the first place. Yeah, I got you. I got Why you. Why would there be a law that says do not kill? Right. If there was never any killing done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then killing I'm a little confused. So now we need to know don't kill. That's wrong. Don't right, do but that. I'm a little bit confused because if it said in the Old Testament in Genesis that he created her as his helper, but you're but I get what you're saying and it makes sense. That because they committed this sin, uh, that he created them equally, equally, right? Um, but then, because then, then that puts the onus on Eve. Because if Eve's the one that ate the fruit first and then gave it to him, then she, not he, is going to suffer in childbirth, and she, not he, is going to have to answer to the man or the husband. So they were equal first, but if they were equal, then why does he use the word helper? So I'm a little bit, I'm in both places right now. Okay, but that's the reason why I asked us to, to let's kind of talk a little bit about the definition of helper. What yeah. does that mean to you? 
Um, yeah. uh, let's yeah. let's look at it in practical sense, right? So, um, Crystal, if I yeah. was moving a sofa and I couldn't do it by myself, so I needed help. Yeah, and I come to you to help me. To me, that signifies I'm asking someone who is equal to me because I need your strength. I need us to combine our strength so that we yeah. can make it out. So to me, and, and this is me talking, helper to me is someone who is able to do a task, someone who is qualified to do a task, someone who is able to assist me in whatever it is that I need to do. I'm not going to ask my granddaughter to help me move a couch. Mm. She cannot help me move a couch. She is not big enough. We are not equal in any way. <laughs> but I can ask Crystal to help me move this couch. There will be an even distribution and we'll be able to move this couch together. I'm using simple terms so that you can understand my view as to what I believe the whole helper situation was mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there are a couple of, there are different definitions if we just go to um, the dictionary and look them up and it is someone who can help someone. But one of the definitions is, and I'm not saying that this is the one for Adam and Eve, but is someone of less skill to help, not to initiate, not to put up the building, right? But to help the other person. So it depends on that what that definition is. I don't know that that was the definition. I can accept that too, though. Yeah. I can accept that too, though. Yeah. yeah. So again, I can accept that definition, Ginger, in, in the sense that if we're looking now at the whole, I think Adam needed some help yes. in getting, in getting um, humanity started. You know, understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I agree. And I think I think God deliberately chose a woman who was not only physically the opposite of or different from, but you know how when you whether it's a friend or it's a mate, they say that um, opposites attract or similarities do. Um, if you have something that your mate does not and they have possess a quality that you do not you're helping each other. If my husband, you know, tends to, uh, he, he's more chill than I am, then, then he can help me, right? And equal, help me to be more relaxed. Yeah, so I, yeah. I agree with that. Mm. Um, I mm. do. So Crystal, what do you have to say? I, I see you, you're, you're, the wheels are moving and you're, I can see that, I can see the wheels turning. Yeah, I mean, so I, I really liked your analogy of like, well, I wouldn't ask someone that's not like, you know, on my level or my strength or my, you know, um, for help. Um, and so I, I feel the same way. Like, it, for me personally, it's already like, I don't like asking for help because I think I could do everything on my own. And I mean, you know, maybe that's a bad thing. Um, and I am learning that when I can't do something, um, or, you know, to delegate or to, it's okay to ask for help. Um, but usually if I ask for help, it's someone that I think can help me get that task done that I, you know, like I'm going to, you know, for, you know, if I, if I need something, for example, if I want to learn more about the Bible or I'm, you know, 
whatever. I know that I can go to you because that, you know, you have a doctorate and that, that is what you went to school, right, for. Um, if I need help with, you know, talking about grief and loss and, I, and I'm going to talk to someone that I know has gone through it too, right? Um, and so I look for, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the smartest or it's maybe I'm just looking for someone who's qualified, who has gone through that and can help me. Um, and, and I want to, I, I want to comment on like the whole like subservient, like, um, thing about like a man or like the woman, um, being submissive to the man and all that. Like, I feel like, you know, I, I understand why like people think or why Ginger may feel that, um, Eve was created to help Adam and to be, or like to be submissive. Uh, and, um, but at the same time, I feel like if I'm in a partnership or a relationship with someone, like we are both on the same level, right. And we're helping each other. Uh, there are things that that person may be better at than me. And there are things that I may be better at. And so we use that to help achieve our goals together. And that's kind of like my view on that. Yeah. And I, and I like that. And I, I, I am going, getting ahead and I do understand that. And I think, and thank you for, um, help me, helping me to see that in, in a different light of not looking forward in the Bible, in the new Testament, but you know, also, cause I think of it also that Jesus is equal to the father, right? Mm -hmm. But he submitted to the father to become our savior. So both things are going on there. They're equal, but I guess that that's a matter of respect. Then those co-equals have to respect each other in knowing what is best. So if Jesus listened to God and, you know, died on the cross um, and they're equals because they're father, son, and Holy and the spirit, then that's sort of the same idea with Adam and Eve. But the problem is that Eve succumbed to that uh, temptation and brought, I guess, brought Adam along with her. Um, Adam could have spoken up because, as you said, he spoke directly. God spoke directly to Adam. So Adam may be misunderstood. Maybe he said, OK, this is we you know, this is this is OK. Let uh, let me try it. Um, that says a lot. Uh, I don't know if we have all the answers. Um, it is interesting that he created man first and then woman out of man. So I think we've got to take a look at that as well in terms of understanding not just their equality, as you say, but their very different roles as okay, man. Yeah. Now, I understand what you're saying. He was created because God realized that man should not be alone. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't like, oh, okay, I'm going to make her last because I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this in order of sequence and this woman is going to be the last thing I make because she's the lowliest. No, that, I, I, don't, I don't believe that's the way it, it happened. The Bible doesn't signify that that's the way it happened. I, um, I agree. It, it, was in, it was in a moment where, where Adam looked around and saw that all the animals and all the creatures and all the insects and everybody had a mate. And right. he did not have anything that was anyone that was significant enough for to be his mate. And God realized it was not good that the man should be alone and created um, a helper for him. 
um, that to me still nowhere in that conversation do I get the idea that this was a, a creation that was made lowly. And I'm going to tell you why I feel that way. You mentioned a couple of times that Eve was created from the man's rib. Well, everything else was created from the dust of the ground. Right. Everything. Everything. Yes. God created, according to scripture, everything was made that way. Yes. Except for the female. A lot of care was given to this last creation. A, a lot of gentle care. You understand what I'm saying? I, I don't agree. I, I, so I, I can't accept that this is a creature that was uh, created to be in any way lower than anything. No, I, I do. No. I'm not saying that. I never yeah. said that. Not even in the New Testament do I think the word submissive means lowly. I, I never I never said that. Right. It, so, it sounded that way. I mean, I think we all agree that in this, um, unless I'm wrong, that the idea of helper, again, is someone to maybe do something that the other couldn't do or to enhance. But I do think that God created us for different purposes. Wait, so we agree with that part. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> with that part. Um, Ginger, so, so, okay, so if you weren't using that example of like um, uh, Eve being, you know, being created from Adam's rib, to, like you're not using that to say that like that means that women are like inferior, like because no. that's what it seemed, or like, I don't know. No, I, I think it's interesting that God did it in that order because uh, women are the ones that give birth to life. And as, as you said, um, Caroline, um, God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. Did he know this all along that he was going, he created all the creatures of the, of the earth first. Did this mean that he, woman wasn't an afterthought. He said, "She, I, I would like to go to the text. I'm not there right now, so I'd have to go back and find it. But um, you, you use the words. Then he realized. Did he realize? Can we go to the text? That oh, you can definitely go to the text. Um, I didn't. I well, when I say realize, we know God knows everything, right? But um, it was Adam who realized that he did not have the proper mate, right?" Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to see if I have the scripture says it. that Where? that it was Adam who um, realized that he there was no no mate for him, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yes. and then God says it's not good for a man to be alone. Okay, um, yes. if we if we read that text, um, I don't know where you're reading it from. Um, there are so many different. Um, I think it's NIV, but it says the Lord said it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The Lord had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, as we said, and all the birds in the sky, brought them to the man to see what he would name them, whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name, um, et cetera, et cetera. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with the flesh, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And the man said, this is now bone of bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Um, 
I don't know if, if there's any more than that. I don't know if we get any more information than that. Yeah, that was a great explanation because first of all, what does it mean to be one flesh? Yeah. Well, that right there, should, you know, yeah. should be some kind of clue to us that these were individuals who were equal if they were to be one flesh. And right. and it, and and uh, what you were saying, um, Ginger, when you talked about the um, the New Testament, well, um, men and women married, uh, men and women are to be one flesh. They are to be equal. Yes. Even even in marriage today, there there is no. Um, you know, there, there's equality. They are to be one. One in the same manner in which we are to be one with God, in the same manner in which the Holy Spirit is one with God, a man and a woman is supposed to be one with each other. There is no, you can't be one with somebody if you're if you're thought to be less than. You right, know, right. But without I'm going in circles, we have different roles in that oneness because why be exactly the same? There of course, we got different. We men got different and roles. Women yeah. that are different, that are supposed to and enhance each other. Oh, I agree. Meaning, meaning I agree. To glorify God is is the ultimate here, right? So, um, neither one of them glorified him when they when they sinned. Well, um, Ginger, how do you know they knew what sin was? How? Mm. Well, right. We said that we said in the beginning that if Eve just sort of popped out, right, she wasn't a baby. She didn't have a mother or father to teach her right from wrong. But once again, the only thing I conclusion I come to is that, as you said earlier, God came back to see that they were, you know, unclothed and he even helped them in the end and gave them clothing, but said, because you, you didn't listen, this is what's going to happen to you. But they had to have some kind of trust and belief in what he was saying was true. And did, did, the, did Satan come along before God said that? No, Satan came along after and said, oh, but no, God didn't mean that. He meant you know, yeah, but I think, sorry to cut you off, I think to like Caroline's point earlier, it's like, can you really blame them though? Like if they didn't, they didn't know, like, okay, yes, like you can make the case that like, oh, they should have just trusted God and like have faith in God, right? Well, then like you can make that argument for all of us, right? Because, you know, like how many times, obviously we know better and we still choose wrong. Um you know, there are lots of times where I, I want to do something and, you know, and, and it's hard to feel like, oh, I got to stick this out. Or I got to I got to trust God's plan that it's going to work out. Well, I don't know what is God's plan. Right. But um, so I think that, you know, on, on that, like I'm kind of on the fence now, like, you know, on one end, like, yes, like who wouldn't want to be in this beautiful garden and, and like be taken care of? Um, like, of course. But if you don't know, like right from wrong, like. How would you like, you know? Yeah, but as children, because first of all, this was called paradise. And I'm, I'm sure that it's like heavenly, right? And what's it's sort of like when you're a child, your mother knows best and your father knows best and says, don't put your hand by the stove, because if you do, you're going to burn your hand. And the child does it anyway because of that free will and because they're tempted to do the opposite of what they're told. I, I, and so when uh, earlier um, Caroline said, you know, and you're just asking the same thing, where did they start? Probably like children yes, who had a father 
who was teaching them to trust him and they chose not to. I don't know. That's just the way I see it. I don't know. That's, that's fine. That, yeah. I, can, I can see that you see it that way. Yeah. But going back to what you said, I'm going to use my granddaughter again, who's uh, 18 months old. Her mother has taught her that the stove is hot. Don't touch that is hot. The stove is hot. She, when she comes to my house and I'm cooking on top of the stove, mm -hmm. she points to the oven is where her mom told her was hot. And she says, hot. And I say, well, it's not hot right now. But if I turn on the oven, it'll be hot. Right. She doesn't know what hot is. She doesn't even know what you will burn yourself is. She just knows that her mother said that is hot. And if she touches it, she's going to burn herself. Well, my, my oven was not on. So if she would have touched that oven, she wouldn't have got burnt, but she still would not have understood the concept of what being burnt is. You but know, the way, let me finish. You know, when she will, you know, when she will understand the concept of what being burnt is Yeah. when she gets burnt, right? But that the concept of what being burnt is right but she i agree with you but she trusts her mother she knows her mother loves her and she knows don't and yeah it's okay go ahead she know you got to give kids credit they know good and bad in certain situations like that she knows if her mother's voice is you know instructive don't do that and if she, she knows yes and no, and if she knows, yeah, honey, I love you, it's okay. So she does know. I think that they knew as well. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is I put my granddaughter's hand on that oven to show her it was not hot. Okay. She doesn't know what hot is. Right. She just knows that her mother said that that stove was hot. Right. I right. put her hand on that stove to show her that it was not hot. And she still didn't understand but I bet you now she, and, and she has, she comes into my kitchen, even though she's still saying that the stove is hot, she's still touching it because I put her hand on that stove to show her that it was not hot. You, are you following me, Crystal? Yeah, I, I am. Well, bring it now to the story about Adam Eve. Bring it down to the story. When, when, G, um, when, when Eve repeated the story that Adam told her mm -hmm. that God said, we cannot eat from this tree. We can't even touch it because if we do, we will die. And then the serpent somehow shows her that if you, you will not surely die mm -hmm. if you touch this tree and you touch the tree and you don't go, you don't die because you don't even know what death is. Nothing happened. You yeah, but they knew they were doing wrong because when they finished doing that and they heard the that and they heard the God, excuse me, God returning to the garden, they hid from him. So okay. they knew they All were right, doing no, wrong. stay right there, Ginger. Okay, stay okay, right okay, there. okay, okay. I love no, stay right there. <laughs> I'm here. Stay right there. And, and yeah. what did you say? When they heard God coming in the garden, they, right. they were ashamed. When did they become ashamed? When? When, after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had no knowledge of good and evil, Ginger. Not until they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good God and evil. God said, you must not eat from any, you must not eat from the tree in this tree in the garden. He told them they didn't obey him. 
But you're saying you that they understood it. And How they, can they see, understand when they did not have this understanding? Is not, what I'm but they would. If I say to a, to a two-year-old, excuse me, my niece is four, four year, years old, excuse me, don't touch that tree now she might ask why we don't have yeah but we don't I, have the why here i think they didn't listen my niece trusts me she knows i love her she knows i'm looking out for her best interest yeah but i think back to like caroline's point like the example that caroline was using with her granddaughter at the end of the day it's like yes if i was your like you know niece i, I would know like i would be like yeah like i'm just gonna trust her like whatever but i'm always gonna wonder still like why like do they not want me to touch this and until i touch it i'm not gonna know for myself that oh wow this is hot this is what she meant i'm gonna stay away from this um so like i think there's a difference between like you know, and that, I think that's what Caroline's trying to get to, that like there's a difference between like trusting and having faith that someone wants the best for you versus like actually knowing that like something's wrong for you. Right. And, and that's the difference here. Like, you know, like before this, like obviously like Adam and Eve had no knowledge of like what's right or wrong. They were naive. They, you know, they had no idea. Um, and then after they do it, it is when they realize like, oh, this was wrong. And that's when they become ashamed. But now it's too late because they already did it. But at least now they know, you know, and does that make it any better? I don't, you know, no, but um, so I don't know that that's kind of yeah, how that works. we're not right. I'm glad you put it that way, Crystal. Um, Ginger, we're not saying it makes it any better. We're just trying to to point out that there was no knowledge of that there. We know that. But then why would he, then he, he said Bible literally tells us that. When he called to Adam, Adam said, evil indicates there was no knowledge of good and evil, and there would not be until you ate from that tree. Then, the, okay. So you're saying that when God said, where are you, Adam? And Adam said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was na naked, so I hid. You're saying before that? He didn't know that it was wrong to be naked. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. I and guess the, that. The scripture tells us that. That... Prior to that, they were naked and they knew no shame. They knew no shame. There was no shame. I get it. They did not know any shame. They did not know shame until after they partook of the fruit from the tree that gave them knowledge. Right. Okay. But then he cursed them. So, uh, cursed them. Well, he cursed the serpents to be on its belly for life. But he said, you didn't listen to me. So these are going to be the consequences. So it's still, go we can go in circles. It still goes back to, they were disobedient. They didn't trust in what he was saying because they were curious, because they were they were fooled by the serpent. Whatever the reasons are, they the reason we have, as you said, Crystal, that pain today or suffering today and getting old and dying is because they didn't listen. It could have gone either way, right? why it go the other way because how many kids are actually going to go put their hand in the fire when you you know trust them they trust you and they and you tell them not to they did what they weren't supposed to do uh and then it was too late so i what what we can learn from this because that's the way i look at it i don't see eve as a, she was a boss just like rebecca we didn't even get to it but but did the wrong thing and I, if I am going to glean anything from this story, 
it is that um, we need to be obedient, you know, and I think there should be that um, just like a child, that fear, but not, not that fear of God, because he was a loving God before all this and gave them everything that they needed, but fear and awe and respect that he knows what's best for us. That's, that's my, that's what I walk away with. Crystal, what about you? And that's fine that um, before Crystal says something, I yeah. want to, I want to say one thing Yeah. Um, because you keep um, speak, we keep speaking into the now. Yeah. You keep um, saying this is the reason why now we're this and now we're that. But if we're gonna if we're gonna bring in the old uh, the New Testament, this would be a perfect time to bring in the New Testament okay. because if you believe all the stuff that the New Testament says and even what Jesus said and what he represents, then you can't possibly keep saying that when Jesus's whole death on the cross removed sin and removed the curse. So we are not still under that curse. You understand how? Could we be? You can't have it both ways. We can't still be under a curse that Jesus removed from us. Well, we don't have any indication unless we do. You let me know that Adam and Eve did or did not ascend to heaven. I don't know that there's any knowledge of that. Well, in scripture does say that when Christ uh, was crucified and went um, died, he went to hell and set the captives free. So that would include Adam and Eve. I guess, right? Okay, so they, they eventually went to heaven. But that doesn't mean that we don't suffer on earth. We sure do suffer, and we will continue to suffer because of that sin. But there's hope that we will one day, if we accept Christ, be with him in heaven. But we're going to no, suffer I, before I, that I happens. Understand what, I, understand, I do understand what you're saying. I understand where you're, you're trying to tie it all in. Right. Uh, I understand all of, of how you're trying to tie it in. But it, it doesn't really speak to the beginning. It really doesn't speak to what was happening in the beginning. Surely we understand that it was disobedient because they disobeyed. Mm -hmm. I am just trying to point out that if, if we look at the, uh, the Bible itself as um, allegorical, let's just say the story of Adam and Eve was allegorical, right? Let's just yeah. say that there's something within that story that we're understanding. The more I read the story and the more I study and the more I think about all of the many stories in the world that tell the same story but use different um, situations to tell this story, yeah. I look at us as um, when we are in our mother's womb, for instance, right? We are in the safety of our mother's womb. We are being nurtured by our mother. We have everything we need coming from our mother. We're connected to her umbilical cord, right? But life for that child, there's argument that it begins at conception, but an actual life for that child does not begin until it is expelled from the mother's womb. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. Up until that point. That no, I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean. What Say that again. Every because single person okay. comes into this world the exact same way. We are created created in our mother's womb, which I am going to say Eden. I'm going to exchange my mother's womb to Eden. We are created in Eden, our mother's womb, and we are there under the protection of our mother, of, of everything that we need, the same way everything that, that Adam and Eve needed in Eden was provided for them. 
And in the same way that babies, after a certain amount of time, nine months, some earlier, is, is expelled from their mother's womb because it's time for birth to happen, I feel it's the same way that Adam and Eve's expulsion from, from Eden because life and the, what, the, the task that we have to do in this world begins outside the womb, outside of Eden. I believe, and this I don't need to consult with scholars on this because mm -hmm. my whole spirit tells me mm -hmm. that life could not even begin until what? First of all, you needed to make a choice about what you were going to do with the life that God has given you. We all still have that choice right now. What are you going to do with this life that God has given you? But when we're talking about infancy, babies, and the way babies are created, they have been created that same way since the beginning of time after Adam and Eve, whatever. But you ain't, they're created that way. Even when they're done artificially, they are in an incubator for a period of time before they are now in the world. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if I see the story as being allegorical, I see the story of Adam and Eve simply being an allegorical story of how we are born how we come into this world. And can and you how, bring it back to um, her as being a boss woman? Well, Was, first of she all- endured what happened with Abe, Cain and Abel, endured the childbirth? Not even that. Um, I, I, see, I see a decision needing to be made. I, when, when I look at what happened in the garden and how Adam did not even have a conversation with anybody, not even his wife. He just simply took the fruit and ate it. Mm. I see somebody who basically was still in an in a, in a infancy stage of doing what he's told. Mm -hmm. But I see Eve as someone who attempted anyway to have some reason, to reason out her own story, to hear both sides of a story and simply make a choice. Did I say she made the right choice? I'm not saying she made the right choice because history shows us that that was not the right choice. But I applaud the idea that she made a choice. When we look at the world today, there are still too many people who are sitting on the fence, too many people who are not making choices, too many people who are sitting in the middle waiting for things to happen as opposed to choosing. In fact, Revelations if we want to bring, if we keep bringing the New Testament into it, Revelation state, I wish you were either hot or cold. But since you refuse to be either hot or cold, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You understand what I'm saying? So in my opinion, Eve chose. She was hot or cold. She chose a side. Adam did not. He stayed in the middle. And as far as I'm concerned, he gets no accolades from me at all. Eve at least made a choice. You and, know what I'm saying? I wait, wish you were either hot or cold. Make a choice. All right. So I think that what we have so far is Ginger is saying that no, like uh, Eve was disobedient. Um, she should have listened and trusted God. And therefore, she's not a boss woman. And then Caroline is saying that no, we're, let's not focus on whether or not she was being disobedient or not. Let's focus on the fact that she decided to make a choice for herself, whether it was wrong or not, right? Um, she made a choice and, and she feels that that was the boss move action. 
And you, Crystal? Where are you? <laughs> um, I think my problem is that I'm still viewing it as like an allegorical story of like what, like we're so, like I don't know. Like I feel like that's like, and again, that's my. This is how I'm viewing it. It's like it was made um, for me to see, like, oh, this is what happens when you disobey God, and so like everything that happened, like happened the way it was supposed to, right? Like that, like because I think about it, like what if like. Um, Eve hadn't take like ate the apple, then like well, then what, right? So, um, that's my like my issue right now. Whereas like I understand Caroline's point, and I'm like, wow, like okay, like I never looked at that at it that way. Yeah. But then I also see Ginger's point. But my view right now is like I I just I can't see it as anything other than just an allegorical story. And it's like she did what she was supposed to do because like that like if she didn't do that, then like then life would be perfect. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know like, if you guys don't like that answer, but that's kind I, of- I love yeah. the way you put that all together. Um, I love the answer. I love I Ginger's think, answer. Yeah. I love your answer because you know what? This is the whole point of the Bible study lessons is for all of us to have a choice to, to critically think about the things that we do in life. I don't want to be a person who just follows- what everybody else thinks and say. I have to be accountable for myself. And if I have to be accountable for myself, then I need to make choices based upon all of the information that I receive. I'm gonna make some mistakes in life. I'm gonna make some mistakes, but aren't we happy to know that we have a God who understands that we're gonna make some mistakes in life? Yes, but, but I don't want I don't want false gods in my life. I don't want like Eve to be beguiled by this world because we are in this world, but we are not of this world as Christians, as as children of God. And so I do look at the Bible and every part of it to try to understand it because I don't have anything else that's real. And a lot of people will say, what makes that real, right? People that don't believe, but to go by. And so I look at a woman who has was, was fooled and um, believed, instead of believing in truth and, and God, chose to believe in the world. And I, to me, that's the message of the story of Eve. Okay, I that's a good. Know, I didn't know until we had this discussion. <laughs> that's a good message, though. Yours, that's a good message, and Crystal's message is a good message, and yeah. uh, my message is a good message too. Yeah. Because all of us are different, and all of us are going to be different, and and none of us are going to think the same. I don't want to be a sheep that follows what other people think without me, um, at least giving myself an opportunity to see both sides um that's just me and i'm not saying that that's everybody yeah, i'm not I saying i don't think we're here to like i mean the whole point of to me as a history teacher like when i have discussions with my students like i'm not there to change anybody's mind yeah. right um i'm not there to say that you're wrong and that i'm right um i want to hear your perspective right i want i want to hear i want you to hear mine and it could be like, well, you know what? And, and like what I just did, like I, you know, I one Caroline, I never looked at it that way. You know, I, I see Ginger's point, you know, and am I going to run to change my mind because, you know, Caroline said no, right? 
Um, but now I have that in my back of my mind and I can sit with it and I can think about it. And then if I change my mind, okay. But if not, you know, it just helps me understand, you know, something and, and see it in a way that I hadn't seen it before. Absolutely. And I think it's important not to disagree if, if you enjoy debate just for the point of disagreeing, because oh, yeah. I think I you know. really need to understand, you know, like you both said things that made me think so while it's not necessarily changing the mind, it's certainly broadening the, my mind. Right. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, me too. I hope all oh, of our yeah. minds have been broadened here today because all of this, uh, the conversation um, had uh, great points. Ginger, you made great points. Crystal, you made great points. I'm, I'm sure I made great points. This yeah, is, yeah. So this gives us an opportunity to think um, clearly about um, certain issues that we are confronted with. Yeah, and yeah. that is the whole idea of the Bible study lesson, to get us to think, to get us to not just sit on a pew or sit and, and hear somebody else's opinion. And then, I mean, um, and even in the story of, of, of Eve, if she, maybe if she would have had a conversation with God herself, but scripture indicates that she got her information from Adam, not from God at all. And if we want to talk about um, one last thing, I think having a personal relationship with, with God yourself is also important. Yes. And if we had to get anything from this or we're going to leave it with this as we close. If there's anything that I got from talking to the two of you is understanding that, the information that we get is important. Where we get it from is important. Mm -hmm. She got two pieces of information from two different individuals, but not God. And so if we're going to leave with anything, maybe we would leave with the understanding that we ourselves need to be able to um, speak to God ourselves. I mean, after all, he extends an invitation when he says, come and let us reason together. Mm -hmm. um, that yes, means yes. he is open to talk to you, to teach you, yep, to yep. Um, help you out when you feel like you don't know which way to go. So if we, as we end this tonight, I want to thank my guests, Crystal Cornelio and Ginger Mancini, for having this candid conversation with me um, this evening. We did not get a chance to talk about Rebecca or the five daughters of um, um the I forgot how oh, even pronounce his name, the whole of fad, but um, we will continue this conversation and we will talk about them as well. Right, um, right. one of the things why I want to do this on a month to month basis is because I want to be able to talk about the woman that I'm presenting for that month, and we're a little bit behind because of scheduling, we were not able to get together, so we are far behind. But we're going to continue to have our conversations. So the next month, we will talk about not in the sequence of where my lessons are, but we will talk about Rebecca when we meet again gotcha. um, in the same way. I, I want to thank you for being honest and being open and being candid, because that is what these discussions are about. There is no right and wrong. There are no scholars here. We are just speaking from our own heart because we ourselves want to know better. Because when you know better, you do better. We all want to do better. And I thank you. I thank you, Caroline, for this forum to be able to do this. I found it very enriching. And I just am also thankful to God that we are allowed to um, be here, you know, and have these discussions because in many parts of the world, we're not. So I'm thankful for that. 
for for you, Caroline, for you, Crystal. And I'm looking forward to when we can come together again. Yeah, I just want to say thank you um, for having us, uh, all three of us here today. I enjoy and admire working um, and, and talking to both of you. And um, it's always a pleasure anytime that we get to meet up. There you have it. This is our first uh, discussion. There will be many as we delve back into this podcast, Real Talk with Real People. And um, I'm grateful to be back here. This is what I love to do, and I'm going to continue to do this. So I will see you next time with the conversation with my guests, Ginger Mancini and Crystal Cornelio. Until then, have a good evening.